guilty in the first degree Son of God hanging on the hill Hell was my destiny The crowd was shouting crucified Could have come from these lips of mine The dirty shame was killing me It would take a miracle to wash me clean Good evening, 412 Ministry. We are glad to have you here for another night of uh, worship. And uh, just to remember, this is our last night for this school year. And then we're going to take the summer off, and then we'll come back again hopefully in the fall. And we're hopeful that we'll be able to get together in person. So we'll see. Time will tell. Uh, and I know what you're thinking. Well, I can't tell time. I know you cannot tell time, students. What I mean by that is in due time, We'll know more, and we will relay that message on to you, okay? So keep your eyes peeled. Not literally. That's disgusting. 
just what I mean is keep your eyes out on it. Don't do that either. Don't keep your eye, that also is disgusting. Just pay attention. I know that's a challenge. Pay attention. We're going to send you information on what we'll be doing when the fall gets here. So tonight we've got a little bit of exciting news here. If you'll recall, a, a few weeks ago we did what we did the, called the chicken dance competition. And several of you sent us in your, your submissions for your chicken dance. So, so Luke has worked tirelessly putting this together in a, in a little compilation, or however you say that word. It's really a big word that I don't know how to say or spell. But he's put that together to show you guys the talent that we have in this group. So let's watch that video first thing. Quite impressive, if I do say so myself. I did not really, until I saw these videos, I didn't know, know how much talent we had in here. And to see how some of these students really know how to bust a move. Uh, potentially, they, they may have been just needing to go to the bathroom. I don't know. But either way, it was quite entertaining to watch those videos, so I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, tonight, I just wanted to share with you a couple of things. One, it has is, it is been exciting for me to see how we are getting back to some level of normalcy out in society, right? So quarantine, we've been quarantined, but if you've looked around or followed the news or gotten out of your house, you've seen how there's, we're slowly getting back to normalcy. If, for example, the restaurants. Some of them have opened up their dining rooms and, and they're trying to social distance their tables and that kind of thing. So they're trying to open up in a safe manner. And the other day I went to one and I, I got very excited as I, as I sat myself down in a, in a seat because, and I just got emotional a little bit. I almost broke down in tears because I was actually going to get to eat in a restaurant. And, and it's so much better to do that than the way I do at home. Usually my wife just throws the food out in the, in the yard and says, get out there and eat. 
So sitting down in a restaurant is a, a big step up for me. Okay, so I was, I was pretty emotional and got excited about it. And, and before I go on, let me just share something. My wife has made it clear to me that I need to explain to you all that the things I say about her are not true. They're not true, she says. And, and so I need to relay that message to you all. Those things that I say about her are not true. They are true. Every bit of it that I say is true. Just don't tell her I said it because she scares me. Okay? So anyway, like I said, she wanted me to tell you that those things aren't true that I say about her. So message relayed. But getting back to normalcy. Normalcy. So I'm excited about that part. I'm also excited about our teenagers and, and what I would say, their normalcy. But that's a tough thing to say. Teenagers and normalcy. You can't say teenage normalcy. That's what we call an oxymoron. It's like saying jumbo shrimp. It's just two words that contradict themselves. You know, teenagers and normal, normal should never go in the same sentence together. But what I wanted to make sure I shared with you teenagers and our students tonight is normal for you should not be sitting at home playing video games all day. That is not a normal thing. And I'm sure Nathan and Samuel would back me up on that. I'm sure they're at home shaking their heads. Oh, you're right, Mr. Chris. Yes, I'm right. You shouldn't be just sitting there playing video games all day. It's not healthy. You need to be active. You need to get off that couch and do something. I don't care if it's chasing your dog or your cat. Maybe chase your pigeon around the house. I don't care. Do something. Now, for Connor and Carson, they chase a pigeon every day. That's just part of their normal routine. But the rest of you need to do something like that, okay? Because it keeps you active. And let me give you a dire warning, okay? Listen to me, students. Listen to me. If you're not active and you're not doing something productive in your life, you're going to turn into your parents. Oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Turning into your parents. And I know your parents. Leaders know your parents. We don't want you to turn into your parents, and I'm sure you don't either. Except Harley, maybe you. You might can. You can turn into your mom. No, no. Your, your dad. Maybe you can turn into your dad. Or Beth. I, Beth, you, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll think about it. But, but in general, don't turn into your parents, right? That's a bad thing. So anyway, teenage and normalcy don't go together. But we just need to be prepared to get back to some level of normalcy in society as best as you can. And then, all right, so the other thing that I wanted to share with you on is, is about as we're moving out of this quarantine slowly, I've, I've heard one of the good things about it, of, of the quarantine, is less pollution. Less pollution in the environment. <gasps> yes. Don't get me wrong. If you ever see me hugging a tree, it's because I'm climbing that tree. And probably if I'm climbing a tree, it's because I'm trying to get, rid of, get away from a bear or something. And I know what you're thinking. Harrison's over there saying, yeah, but a bear can climb trees. I know that. I know that. They can climb trees. But... I, I'm just, I know that they can also outrun me. So I'm going to at least try to out, get up that tree to some small branch that maybe that bear will leave me alone. So boom, roasted, Harrison. Boom. Yeah. Talking to you because mm -hmm, you're here. So anyway, the, what, my point here was we, we need to be thankful that the pollution is down, but I'm not a tree hugger, right? I, I recognize that God created this world 
He is in control of all things. But though he cre- since he created this world for us, we should take care of it. And we should be happy that pollution is down. However, I've heard from numerous parents that although pollution is down across the globe, that's not the case in the students' rooms. Students' rooms have been highly polluted. In fact, I'm not going to call any names, MK and Jessica, but I have heard from a parent that the only way that they can reduce the pollution is potentially burn that house down. So I think you can do better. I think we can keep pollution down, including in your rooms, okay? So tonight we've got a couple of videos that we just wanted to, we thought might highlight those two points, how we, we love our wonderful restaurants and how we love this wonderful planet that God's created. So let's take a look at these videos. I love southern waitresses at the Cracker Barrel, man. It's like, I'm just trying to order food. I don't know what she's talking about. You know? I'm like, how are the biscuits and gravy? Oh, they make you want to slap your mama. (laughs) Then I don't think I'm going to get the biscuits and gravy. (laughs) Being my mama's hearing all, that would be kind of awkward. How are the pancakes? Oh, they make you want to hit your daddy with a baseball bat. Do you have a less violent menu I could take a look at? I don't want to hurt anybody. I just want some food. Are the biscuits that good? You're like... Mama, you might want to go out in the car for a while. Yeah, a couple more bites, I'm going to have to throw down. You know what I'm talking about? These are delicious. Don't say I didn't warn you. And polar bears, everybody's freaking out about polar bears. What's that all about? You see the polar bears? You see the polar bears? The polar bears are dying. The polar bears are dying. Good. <laughs> Y'all, I have never needed a polar bear, have you? Look me in the eye. Tell me, have you ever been in a situation you're like, man, I wish I had a polar bear right now. That would, that would solve everything. You know what? I have needed a Twinkie. I've needed a Twinkie. Those things disappeared. Nobody cared about it. Let's save the Twinkies first. And then we'll go, and then we'll go save the polar bears. <laughs> Save the polar bears. They're not trying to save us. They want to harm us. They're vicious. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you remember the Coca-Cola commercial a few years ago with the polar bears? Just a big lie. They're on the North Pole just, you know, sliding around, partying and high-fiving and drinking. And we're all thinking the same thing. Man, I'd love to hang out with some polar bear. Folks, if you ever come across a group of polar bear, run. They're going to maul you, and then they're going to eat you, and then wash it down with a Coke. That's what's going to, that's what's going to happen to you, my friend. You're going to die a painful death. Save the polymers. Save the planet. A lot of those people these days. Save the planet. Folks, I believe God has given us a beautiful world to live on. I really do. We should do our very best to take care of it. That's not a joke. There's only so far we can go. Some people... <laughs> 
you just need to chill. Turn it down a couple of notches. I understand your heart. Man, I had one guy in my face recently. He was just in my face. This is what he said verbatim, in my face. He goes, man, we are killing the planet, dude. We are totally killing this planet. We only need to be using one square of toilet paper. That's all we need is one square of toilet paper. <laughs> How? One square, what, to dab my brow? What are you getting done with one square? How efficient are you? What are you, a Smurf back there? How big are you down? You keep using one square. I'm gonna keep wrapping around my hand like a beehive, dude. That's how we do it in Missouri. We wrap it around. That's right, I'm making a white boxing glove over here. I don't wanna get anywhere near me. I don't know where I've been. It's gross. One square, one square mile. I just knocked out a Costco aisle, dude. That's how much I need. I'm making cotton candy over here, bro. Understand that? I'm a life-size Q-tip before this session is over. <laughs> one square. Man, I hope he's got a greeter to church. <laughs> Y'all, I'm hearing some of this for the first time, too. That's pretty funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome to church. Thanks. Fist bump. Okay. <laughs> Man. That's got to be a sign of the end of the times, doesn't it? There will be wars and rumors of wars and people using one square toilet paper. Well, folks, if that video doesn't make you want to make sure you know who our door greeters are, I don't know what video will. It makes me think twice. But anyway, look, we're, we're glad to be here. We're glad to be here for the our final night together, uh, at least virtually, and we're going to do some stuff down the road this summer, we hope. But in the meantime, let's, um, let's get focused on the Lord, and uh, we're going to read some scriptures. So if you will, let's stand together. Tonight we're going to turn to Romans. We're going to go to Romans 5, verses 1 through 9. So read along with me, if you will. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have, uh, we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man one will, will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for tonight. We just thank you for another night together, and we thank you um, for letting us have this, uh, uh, the ability to, to reach each other uh, through this digital, uh, digital format, Lord. We just thank you for our students, for this ministry. And as we uh, wrap up uh, this school year, we just pray for this, this summer that you would just watch over them. Uh, that you would just encourage them to be in your word and be in Bible studies, Lord, that they would focus on you. We thank you for tonight. We thank you for all that you do for us. And most importantly, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who did pour out his blood uh, so that we can be saved. Father, we give tonight to you and pray that all that we do is glorifying to you. In Christ's name, amen. All right, well, happy Wednesday. Um, sad this is the last night. It hasn't been the same, not being able to 
join together, but like I said last week, we do have a surprise for y'all this week, so I'm going to let the camera, if y'all can see them. Okay, well, we have the whole band here tonight, and I know that I'm very excited. I think they're excited. Harley was very excited to see me, obviously, Um, but I think they're excited to be here just to worship with y'all, so if y'all just worship with us and um, just praise the Father. down to bind me up. You say you do it all in love, that I might know you in your suffering. Though you Sing a song to the one who's all I 
opportunity to just praise your name and to worship you um, for all that you're worthy of. God, I pray for Corey as he comes up, Lord, that um, you would just give him good recall, Lord, give him the words to speak. God, um, just be with him and be with us as we're listening to him. God, just help us to have open minds and open hearts as we hear what you have um, have had Corey to prepare for us this week. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, I hope y'all are excited and sad at the same time. It's our last lesson together. <clears throat> I can honestly say that I did not think that we would end our time this school year um, doing live streaming, but thankfully the Lord knew. And uh, he definitely has put together an awesome group of people. Um, before we get started, I definitely want to say um, thank you. And I hope that you can say thank you um, for the guys back in the back that do the AV, Luke, um, Van, and Ron. They've been with us every week. Um, and Luke has put up with my jokes. If you can't tell, my hair is shorter. My face is trimmed. I did not get a haircut. Luke got tired of my jokes. He hit me one time and everything just kind of fell off. So there you go. Luke's mean and he throws punches. So there you go. Um, I think last week the title was Pride Leads to Worldliness, I think was the title, Pride Leads to World of Myths. I probably should have looked that up. Um, but anyways, this week's title is going to be, um, let's see, Humility is the Cure. Humility is the Cure. And I'd like to, um, actually, let's just go ahead and do the illustration real quick. Um, Hope and Savannah, could y'all come up here, please? Let's hit this. Do it right here. Actually, we'll do it over here. So hopefully y'all can see. Somebody can get on that side of the chair, somebody on that side. And um, if you're in hope, just don't fall down the stairs, okay? Somebody's going to fall down the stairs. We, we all know we would prefer it to be Savannah. All right. So here you go. Make that about center. All right. And one of you get on that end, one on this end. You're going to ride this like a seesaw, okay? So go ahead, jump on the board. This requires action. <laughs> All right, now here's what I want. Well, you're going to do like a seesaw. Have you never done a seesaw before? Okay, so you're going to do a seesaw. One of you will be high, and the other will be down. I shouldn't have picked sisters to do this. They're arguing over who's, who's going to be lofted. All right. So what I want you to see here 
is that you kind of have two contrasts, right? You have a really cool girl and someone we don't really care about. But for the illustration purposes, I want you all to see pride. We surely have done this backwards. You're going to be pride and she's going to be humility. And I want you to kind of see they're, they're really opposite. Okay, so as one is elevated, one is down. Okay, so y'all see that? And so I just thought this might be a good little picture for you to remember. Pride is kind of elevated, humility is down, and they're not on the same field. One's definitely higher than the other. Okay, y'all can move. Okay, thank you. If you're at home, feel free to make fun of them. I will be doing that myself later. So, anyways, um, I just wanted us to kind of see that, that over the last week we really discussed um, pride, and this week we'll be discussing humility. Okay? And we're still going to be in James chapter 4. And we're going to kind of finish out this little section here. We're going to go 6 through 8. 6 through 8. Last week we did really 1 through 4. Um, so, We'll read this, and then let's, uh, let's pray. All right? Chapter 4 of the book of James, verse 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Verse 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Okay? So, 4-6, what I want us to see here is this is actually a quote from Proverbs 3-34, okay? James actually takes um, this section, Proverbs 3-34, and this is, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I'm moving ahead. We need to, we need to pray. So let's pray. Father, Lord, I pray that um, you would really control my tongue, Lord, control my mind, um, that I would be focused on your word, and Lord, that everything that I would say would align with your scripture 100%. Father, that I wouldn't be off to the left or off to the right, but I would be right on the money. And Father, the only way that that can happen is by your strength, your power, Lord, and just your control. Lord, if I have anything to do with this, I will mess it up. <clears throat> and so, Father, I pray that you would just really seize me, take control of me. Father, that you would really control my tongue. Lord, that if any thought would not be accurate with who you are or what your word truly says, that it wouldn't leave my mind, it wouldn't leave my mouth that only fact, only truth would. Um, Lord, I can only do this in your power. And it's in you that I trust. Father, it's in your absolute glorious name. Amen. Okay. So, what I want us to see here is this really cool section, but he gives more grace. Is my mic okay? I feel like I'm, I don't know. Anyways, but he gives more grace. Okay, and I, I really kind of want us to step back. We're going to just read 1 through 5, and then I want us to see um, this shift. Okay, there's a shift here in the previous verses compared to now, and that shift is absolute good news. I want us to see this, okay? So let's go back to verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? 
Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you do not have because you do not, you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, The Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but He gives more grace. Y'all see that shift there, but He gives more grace? It is absolutely awesome. I want to read a, a quote that I just kind of stumbled upon from Charles Spurgeon. Okay, and this quote says, Note that contrast, note it always. Observe how weak we are and how strong he is, how proud we are, how condescending he is, how erring we are, and how infallible he is, how changing we are, and how immutable he is, how provoking we are, and how forgiving he is. Observe how in us there is only ill, and how in him there is only good. Yet our ill but draws his goodness forth, and still he blesseth. Oh, what a rich contrast. And, and, and as I was really thinking about this, it is so rich, this contrast here. But he gives more grace. Not just grace, but more grace. Okay? James reminds us that God deals with the humble with grace, and he resists the proud. Okay, that's, that's what this says here. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He says it in Proverbs. James quotes that again here. So we've got it multiple times. Okay? And one of those things that kind of hit me square in between the eyes was this thought here. It's pride demands that God deal with me based on my merit, whereas grace deals with me based on who God is. Okay? I think that's very important for us to remember um, because as we saw in that seesaw, your life, you're going to be spent doing something like this in between pride and humility. There's going to be days that you've got humility going on, and there's going to be days that you're really prideful. And there's going to be days where you're transitioning between the two. And as that happens, I, I want us to really think about when we're sitting up here and we're, we're lofted up and we're thinking much of ourselves, we're being very prideful, that we're, we're basically saying, God... I deserve whatever it is I'm looking at based on me, based on who I am, based on how I look, based on how I think, based on what I'm doing. Whereas grace says, not about me, it's about you. It's about who you are. And so th there's a stark contrast here. Pride is all about self. I mean, the focus is self. Whereas grace, the focus is on God. Where it should be. All right, James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God. Resist, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. All right, so we see that therefore, and we've always, I've always kind of said, as that has said, it's what's therefore, therefore, right? So it's there. Due to God, God's grace, we should submit to him. Do y'all see that? Therefore, submit to God. Why should we submit to God? But he gives more grace. Therefore, he said, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. It's due to this grace that we should submit to God. Due to this grace that we should submit to God. Again, why? 
because he gives more grace. Guys, it's all about this grace. As gloomy and hard and just not fun last week was that message, this week is going to be the exact opposite. As, as horrible as we are, that's how gracious God is. As sinful as we are, is how gracious God is. I mean, you'll see this here. He doesn't just give grace. He gives more grace. All right? This word for submit is to obey or subject. To obey or subject. So therefore, obey or subject yourself to God. All right? And in the Greek, this subjection, this obeying, typically has two meanings. You can, it can be military or non-military. When we think military, I, I kind of want us to think, you know, you've got chain of command. You've got just maybe the general. I don't, I don't know how the chain of command works, but you just got the vast army, and you've got a colonel. And I know there's a lot of military ranks between the two, but the colonel is the guy. I mean, he's the one that has authority over all the guys underneath. And that's not the case here. That's not this meaning. This meaning is a non-military meaning. So it's a voluntary attitude of giving in. It's cooperating. It's assuming responsibility. It's carrying a burden. Okay, and I think it's really cool how that is, how God has written it this way, that it's not so much where there are areas of Scripture where we should obey God simply because he says that he's the authority figure and we should do it. And this one, it's more of a voluntary action on our part. All right, this requires something from us. All right, this is voluntary. So this submission here in the book of James, this is where we voluntarily submit ourselves under God. Why? Because he gives more grace. That's why. His grace should absolutely drive us to submission. I mean, the thought of how gracious he is should just force us to have this voluntary desire, this attitude of just subjecting ourselves under him and going, whatever it is, Lord, that's what I want to do. Why? Because of your grace. So my question to you, my question for myself is, if I'm not subjecting myself to God, if I'm not submitting to God, am I really focused on the grace? What I would pose to you is, if you're having a difficult time submitting and surrendering to the Lord, I would encourage you to focus on his grace. And just focus on it. I promise you, as a believer, it will drive you to submission under God. I mean, you're going to want to do it. It's going to be a voluntary act on your part when you really look at who God is and his just, just absolute grace. You're going to go, whatever, Lord, whatever, whenever, however, I'm yours. So if that's not your attitude, focus on his grace. All right, let's look at this word resist. To resist is to set oneself against, to withstand, to oppose. Okay? to set oneself against, to withstand, or to oppose. And in the Greek, as it is in the English, this is an imperative. Okay? This is an imperative. Y'all can make fun of me, but when it comes to these English terms, I don't know what they mean, because I'm not smart, and that's just how it is. But, I mean, if you Google the word imperative, it's going to mean giving an authoritative command. Giving an authoritative command. Okay? So this resist here, James is not speaking on behalf of the Holy Spirit here, here. The Holy Spirit isn't leading James to write, hey, if you want to resist the devil, go for it. Or, hey, it might be a good idea to resist the devil. 
it's not an option. It's not a choice that we have. It is an imperative. It's an authoritative command. Resist the devil. Resist. All right? And the term for devil here is Satan. Okay? Now, what I thought was kind of cool was how it kind of speaks to Satan enticing us to sin. So, we shouldn't just be resisting Satan himself, but we should be resisting his enticement to us to sin. So it's not just going, hey, I'm going to stand, you know, Satan's over here and I'm going to stand over here and I'm just going to resist. It's going to be like a, hey, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to resist not only Satan, but I'm also going to resist his enticement to sin. He's inviting me into this sinful attitude, this sinful event, this sinful action, and I've got to resist that as well. All right, I've got to resist that as well. All right, what I want us to see here is that submission leads to victory. Submission leads to victory. But what does it look like? I mean, what does the act of submission actually look like? I'm really glad y'all asked that question. James 4, 8 says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, this is pretty in your face. A lot of the book of James is. Again, I told y'all, James is really about throwing those punches. He's like Luke. He likes to hit you. Um, don't know why, but he does. Now, this drawing near is to come near to God. Okay, now this can only happen by the aid of the Holy Spirit. This alone is grace. The simple fact that we can draw near to God, that in and of itself is grace. Okay, now I, again, I, I really want to highlight this can only happen by the aid of the Holy Spirit. You cannot, under your own power, come to God. You cannot draw near to God. That won't happen by yourself. So first and foremost, you've got to be born again. You don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not coming to God. That's bottom line. Okay, that can't be any clearer than that. To come near to God, you've got to be saved. Okay, and once you are saved, once you possess that Holy Spirit, you've got to be doing it through His power, not your own. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, not your own. All right, and it's coming closer to God, and he will come closer to you. I, I love that. Guys, it does not say here, draw near to God, and he will possibly come to you. It doesn't say, draw near to God, and he may come to you. It doesn't say, draw near to God, and it feels like it, he's going to come to you. It's draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. I love this. I mean, I, I love this area of scripture. All right, this cleansing here that we see to cleanse your hands it is to free from defilement of sin and from faults, to purify from wickedness. And this word also speaks a little more to external cleaning, as it also can mean a leper cleaning his wounds. Okay, and then we kind of see this because it sees, you see the cleansing of the hands. And so kind of what I want us to see is this is an external thing. Okay, think shower, think bath, how you clean yourself off. You're not doing anything for the inside but you're doing it for the outside. And so this cleansing here that James is discussing is all outside. It's outside appearance. And to purify is to render pure in a moral sense. Now this is where he's really stressing, James is really stress, stressing the inner man here and not just the external. And we see this because of the purify of the heart. Purify your hearts. So this is where we're not focused necessarily on the bath, but we're focused more on the internal. Okay? Focus more on the internal. So this drawing near to God, it requires purity. 
Okay, it requires purity, both outside and inside. We must be focused on holiness. We must be pure in his presence. Now, how does this happen? I mean, how could we possibly be pure in his presence? It's grace. All right, and I'll put up here the imputation of Jesus Christ. Um, Megan, my beautiful bride, she's going to come up here, and she's going to demonstrate this. Y'all, this might be my favorite illustration that I've done this year. Um, you'll probably remember it here in a second. But we're going to demonstrate the imputation of Jesus Christ. I think Hope knows that she's back there laughing. So either that or she thinks Megan's funny looking, one of the two. We don't really know. Okay, so we see what I want us to see here. What we want to see here, look, so my beautiful wife here, she's got her Alabama stuff on, right? And so when we see this, what I want us to see here is a sinner, okay? We're going to let Alabama represent sin, okay? So this is sinful. We've got the external sin, and what does your fan base say? What's y'all's chant? Roll it came out of her mouth. She said what? Roll All right, she said that. She said it out loud, and that's coming from the inside. So you've got the inside sin. She's been defiled on the inside. She's been defiled on the outside. And this is what God is going to see here, this nasty defilement. I love you. You're beautiful. All right? That's what the Lord's going to see. Now, here's the imputation of Jesus Christ. Here's the imputation of Jesus Christ. Could you put that on for me, please? Nope, nope. You've got to put it on. You got to put on, because that's the Greek here is to put on. All right, so we're going to view this as salvation. This is the imputation of Jesus Christ. All right, so now we see that she looks completely different. She's been cleaned up, right? There's this external cleansing that's happened here. Now, what does this fan base say? Now, you got to say it. You, this, is, this is for God, Megan. You've got to say it. Say it for Jesus. Yes, you do. This fan base says War Eagle. Okay, War Eagle. Now, when she says that, because she, she said in her mind, like I could tell, that's the internal cleansing, right? So she's been internally cleansed. She's been externally cleansed. This is a wonderful demonstration of the imputation of Jesus Christ. All right? And remember... You can't take off salvation, babe, so you've got to keep that on. So I think y'all might remember that from a couple of uh, months ago when we did that as a demonstration. But that is what the imputation of Jesus Christ means. All right, it's Christ has changed us, those of us who are born again. He has changed us and made us pure both internally and externally so that we can draw near to God. And that right there is grace. Gosh, that's grace. All right, to summarize this section here, God is ever gracious. God is ever gracious. We see that in the first part of six, but he gives more grace. He doesn't just stop at grace. He gives more grace. It's grace abounding. We see that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's, that's why humility is the cure here. Right? It's all about being humble. Remember that seesaw. Spend more time on the ground than you do up top, okay? Spend more time being humble than you do being proud. That's key. Submit to God. 
Submit to God. Remember, that's to obey or subject. Obey or subject. Consider Him to be more. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Draw near to God, and draw near, and He will draw near to you. Be about holiness. We've talked about it a lot over the last um, calendar year, school year. But guys, this holiness, this holiness thing, it, it, it's going to be a forever um, battle in a, in a believer's life. We are, we are commanded to be holy, right? Be holy for he is holy. We are commanded to be this. We don't get a choice here. This is an authoritative command. It's an, it's an imperative that we are holy. And we'll spend the rest of our life trying, trying, trying. And the only reason why we are even viewed this way is because of the imputation of Jesus Christ, because of what he's done in us. You cannot be holy on your own. Humility is key. Humility is key here. That attitude, I can tell you right now, you want to be holy, be humble. I've never met a proud, holy person. It doesn't happen. Remember, God desires holiness, but he resists the proud. Doesn't equate. You want to be holy, be humble. Okay? Remember, humility is the cure here. All right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I am so thankful for the imputation of Jesus Christ. Lord, I, I remember a couple of years ago, you really opening my eyes to this fact, Lord, this wonderful truth where your son has forever changed me. Um, and it's all him, Lord. It is all you. It's all your work. I have done nothing to, uh, to achieve this. I've done nothing to maintain this. Lord, it is all about you. Lord, you, you have come into my life as your child, and you are changing me on the inside. You're changing me on the outside, Father. Lord, and it's all your work. Father, I pray that you would help this ministry to be humble. Lord, that we would be a people that is just known for humility. Lord, that we would be a humble church. Lord, that you would be proud of us in that humility. Lord, that we would bring honor and glory to your name due to our humility. Father, it's what you desire. Father, I pray that the worship that we, that we do, this next song, would be pleasing to you, Lord, that it would be glorifying, it would be honoring. Father, I love you, and I trust you, and I lay everything that's happening, Lord, at your feet. Lord, I'm so thankful you are on the throne. You have not been moved off. You have not taken a break, Lord. You're in control. You've always been in control, and you're always going to be in control. Lord, I, I can trust you in that. Lord, thank you for those who have um, really stepped up and helped us minister to your people, Lord, to your children, to your kids. Father, I pray over the next couple of months, Lord, that we would have fellowship, that we would be able to have things that we can do together, that we can continue to build fellowship and, and unity in this group, and then that'll just take it on into next year, Father, the next school year. And I pray that you would be with our seniors. Um, Lord, captivate their eyes. Lord, captivate their hearts. Lord, I pray that as they transition out of youth group and into college and career or just college or career or whatever it is, Father, Lord, that you would um, just absolutely have them in your arms. And, and Lord, I know that you won't let go. 
Lord, that is your gospel truth. You don't let go of your people. Lord, and I thank you for that. Lord, I love you and I trust you, and it's in your holy name that I pray. Amen. Shut
thank you so much for your grace. Thank you um, for just imputing that on us, God. We don't deserve it. Um, we are not worthy of that, but God, you love us so much, and we thank you so much for all that you have given to us, all that you do for us, God. I pray that we would strive um, to be Christ-like, to be holy like you, Lord. I pray that we would daily submit ourselves to you and just um, follow down the path that you have set before us, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay. Just a couple of announcements tonight as we wrap up, as we wrap up tonight, and then as well as this school year. So, but before we do the announcements, just got two. Um, the youth leaders want to um, give some special thanks tonight as we as we close out this uh, this whole online thing. First of all, we want to thank the 412 worship team for being here tonight. We're we're excited to see that they're able to get together. We enjoyed that. So we were, we were very thankful for you guys to be here. Uh, secondly, we want to thank uh, Luke and Hope and Savannah for being here week in and week out during this whole t- time just, to, just to, so we could have some music and have some worship time together. So we appreciate their, their desire to be here, their willingness to be here. Uh, and then and thirdly, there, there's two people that have put a lot of work into this and a lot of time that we really want to thank. And, and just show our appreciation. And, and that's me and Corey. No, 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 it's not. It is not. I'm just kidding. It, it's Van Cook and Ron Gardner. We just want to express our appreciation to them for all that they've done uh, over these weeks. And, and I don't know, several weeks, couple, three months, whatever it is now. But they've been here faithfully every week so that we can do this. And believe me, uh, we couldn't do it without them. They, they work in the back so that to make me and Corey look good. And obviously... I make their job easy, uh, Corey not so much. So they got a lot of work on him. So, so they do that, and uh, they do a great job. And we just want to say thank you uh, for that and, and for all that they put into it. So, and just understand, they're not even part of the 412 ministry. They've just given, volunteered their time. And Now, however, the youth leaders have talked, and we've decided to adopt them into the 412 family. Uh, and in fact, it's, it's official. This piece of paper here, it's blank. It, it's official. But that's because that's, we've adopted them. And now that's not a, that doesn't mean a lot other than if the 412 ministry needs something, well, they got to do it because they're family. But it's official, right? So anyway, we're, we're happy to adopt them in the 412 family. And we just want to say uh, sincerely, thank you, Van and Ron, for all you've done. We could not have done it without you. We appreciate you very much. Uh, as far as announcements, so two announcements. One, this is our last night together through this, uh, through the online what, what, streaming thing. So we hope to be reaching out and doing some things this summer. So again, keep your eyes peeled and be, look, be on the lookout that we're going to try to get together if possible. And we are hopeful we're going to get together in person in the fall. But we'll see. And we will certainly keep you posted. Uh, and then the big announcement to make sure our seniors, you know, you guys, unfortunately have kind of been lost in all this. We, it's, we haven't forgotten you. We certainly have been praying for you guys, but we haven't been able to get together with you. So we hate that for you guys especially, but we want you to know we're going to have the senior recognition. It's going to be on June 7th in the 1045 service. So, so we've got six seniors, and I just want to recognize them tonight. We've got Kayla Allison, Alex Brayman, Joy Dolan, Amy Claire Howard, Lane Cockendall, 
and Cole Pierce. So you six seniors, please be here. Uh, if you know of them and they're not online, shame on them and, and you should uh, roll their yard. But make sure they know to be here on June 7th for the 1045 service. We'd love to just recognize them in front of the church body. So, so be here if you can. In the meantime, we hope you all have a great summer. And, a, and a, a just a, as Corey sent out a letter, and we will make sure that you all are fellowshipping together. But have a great summer. If you need anything from the youth leaders, please reach out. Just know as much as I care with you, we do care about you, and we're here for you if you need us. Reach out. But until then, have, have a blessed rest of the week, blessed summer, and uh, take care. God bless.